The Champions 4 Survivor Series set to change after what's happened on Monday Night Raw this week. Hello and welcome to the LOP Radio Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. First time I've done a head bob with links. <laughs> it was weird. Survivor Series is right around the corner. Do we, uh, do we care? Let's find out. Yeah, also been having loads of microphone issues again. It's been a running thing. It was, it was great that it happened on the week of Full Gear, aka at like 5.30 in the morning. Same thing, I had to figure stuff out. So it might be too loud this time? <laughs> it's just, actually, I've turned myself down a tad, you know, just in case it is. Anyway, so we are a little bit delayed because of AEW Games. Uh, the, uh, the event has just finished. Obviously, I was watching that before I came live. I thought, I thought everything would be fine. Uh, even Cody himself tweeted out that the UK time would be 11pm. And here they are starting at, what, 10 to? <laughs> so, that's great. I think they gave, what, 5 slash 6? Would have been 6 Eastern, wouldn't it? I think they gave 6 Eastern and then, uh, nope. <laughs> 15 minutes later, finally getting going. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I'm a little bit late because of that. And, yeah, interesting reveal of things. And it's the AW playing to the... It's the it's the opposition type of thing you see all the time in all sorts of different worlds, be it video games, movies, politics, what have you, where... You can listen to what the crowd are complaining about on the other side, and then you just do that. As in, you you kind of appease them and draw a load of people in. They essentially did that. They listened to them, like the No Mercy stuff. They've got Ukes over to help them. And so, uh, uh, intergender wrestling in the game, assumably that's what the trailer was showing off, where Karishida came in and attacked Kenny Omega. And uh, GM mode for a mobile game as well. That's a great idea. Uh, casino thing, I guess, a way to get money into AW games. Yeah, <laughs> it's very American, that, because <laughs> of casino you think. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm somebody who believes, as long as it's age-gated, uh, I guess have at it. Yeah, the amount of people who experience debt issues because of casino online stuff. So That's a whole tangent, not related <laughs> to Raw or what have you. But, yeah, that's the reason I'm a bit delayed, because of AW Games. I thought I'd give my quick thoughts that, yeah, it's actually quite interesting. They've done a very good job of being the other side, listening to what the fan base were complaining about with the WWE 2K games, and then just giving that. <laughs> I said it's not that difficult. <laughs> just give that. And, to be fair... AW kind of was that at the start, saying we're going to be doing all that, and hey, JB3, was that a long enough hey, tell me. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be on delay to you. So yes, AW Games got me excited, so let's go into the Monday Night Raw review and talk about Survivor Series. So this week, for me, was so fine. <laughs> as in, I don't mean that as in, like, fine. <laughs> like, it was good. I mean it as in, uh, I'm not going to remember any of it, really, and... To kind of get that across, my big talking point this week is next week's show. <laughs> Just like case and point about how this week for me was like it's it's not the worst thing in the world if it's a setup show. I've praised NXT before when it's a setup show, but quite often those shows kind of lack momentum. And for a ninety minute show, or it's two hours take away thirty because the adverts. I'm English. I don't watch it live. It's ninety minutes for me. So when I watch the like NXT or SmackDown or Dynamite, whenever I watch one of them, it's. Fine. Uh, it, it's fine when they do a build-up show, 
But because it's 90 minutes, it doesn't last too long. It doesn't outstay its welcome. And it's a bit more easy to do that sort of type of show. When Raw does it, because it's three flipping hours, that's a lot of time to invest. Suddenly, like, doing a build-up show, it just feels fatiguing. It feels like, well, nothing's happening. Why am I investing all of this time? And it does, it's not necessarily a better or worse show than the like SmackDown, NXT, Dynamites that are also doing build-up. It's just that because it's three hours, it's a much longer time to invest. And I need a lot bigger a reason to invest said time when it is that long. So that's, what, that's my raw review for this week. It was a build-up show. I wouldn't say it felt like a lot happened. The key points out of it are happening next week. <laughs> Sorry, like case in point, it was a build-up show. My main talking point is next week at when it's the mat- title matches, will Survivor Series card, will it change? This week, not much happened. And I'm noticing in my camera, I forgot to put a shade. <laughs> I've got a DIY shade to put over the light behind me so it doesn't overexpose. And I forgot to put it in. So you're going to see a light glow over the top of me for this entire stream. You're going to see a light glow over the top of me because I forgot to put my DIY... Uh, it's literally just some kitchen tap roll, just wrapped around with a piece of string. <laughs> it's not safe, <laughs> but it does it to the light. It does a fantastic job. Uh, anyway, so apologies to that, watching people on YouTube. And JB3, uh, uh, especially when there's an hour of commercials. Yes, exactly. It's a lot of time to invest. Like, I, I can't even imagine what it's like being an American watching it live. Because for me, it's just... Like, I'm fine... Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine watching it... Okay, pay-per-views live. That's what the point I was getting at. I'm fine watching pay-per-views live, but there aren't any commercials. There's none of that building to the suspenseful bit, and then you cut, and then you have to wait for five minutes for it to return. I've only ever watched the recent NXTs live once. That was when I was staying up live to do a NXT show with Josh Robinson, who lives in Australia. And I was like, ah, I was having a really bad week of actually getting up, so I decided to stay up and watch NXT, then do all of my Photoshop and my buildings and getting stuff ready. And then I did it in Australia time, and I was bloody knackered. That's the only time I've watched it live. And you feel the cuts. But again, that's a two-hour show. It's not as bad. With Raw, it's, I think it cap, without adverts, it caps out at about 2.15 normally. Like somewhere between 2.10 and 2.15. And that means like 45 minutes you're watching is adverts. And some, like over in the UK, for us, it's ridiculous. <laughs> some of the ad breaks. It's like, you've literally just come back. <laughs> like over here, it's a lot more... Just in terms of like how used are we to the American system. Like I've watched Run Like Raw, I've had it recorded on the Skybox for years. So I'm used to it. I'm used to the adverts happening so often. Like Simon Miller coming and tell me about video games. I'm used to that quite often. But with the... <laughs> watching it live when you can't wind through it. It's, it's a lot. Like over here we have... That's the point I'm trying to get to. Over here... We're used to, I guess, like 15 minutes into the show, you'll get a five-minute ad break. So that's the difference. Over here, we've got less of them, but they're longer. So uh, yeah, whenever I see the ad break come up, I fear the worst, because we're trained to go, oh, it's five minutes. Got a bit of time then, haven't I? <laughs> so that's what we're used to. Uh, it's, it's shorter. For my, it's more like it's three minutes in America, somewhere between three and four. But you've got more of them. Personally, I prefer the one slap-bang in the middle, then he got, and there isn't another one until after. Like if it's a thirty-minute show, you get one in the middle. Then there aren't any more adverts until after the show's finished, and then you get adverts between. The last, that's the same in America. So we don't get any after credits nonsense, <laughs> anything like that. We don't have SNL coming back after an ad break to say goodbye. <laughs> it's like no, just say goodbye within the string of the show. Uh, yeah, it's 
I've been on a massive tangent. Point is, three hours. If you're going to... when it's Three hours is long enough, but when you're doing a build-up show and it's three hours, I'm investing so much time. And the key talking points are, next week, we're going to have a WWE Championship match between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. I've got it written down in front of me, but I can't find where it is on the page. <laughs> so I'm doing that from memory. I was really struggling. It's fair to say, full gear is still affecting me. <laughs> Went live at 5.30 in the morning, went off at about 7.30 in the morning. I'm still feeling it days later. The age I was at uni, I am no more. <laughs> it's so knackered. Uh, but yeah, so I... What's about to say? Yeah, tangents, that's it. <laughs> back, back to tangents, eventually I'll find out where I am. The Raw Tag Team Championship will also be on the line as... It's not Ms. Morrison. It's the New Day versus somebody else who beat them, isn't it? Who is it? It's her business. They did a whole promo. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the hurt business. That's not on my that's not written on my page. That's written so further down. Again, I've got over two thousand words worth of notes to bash though. So there's two championship matches next week, and of course the consequences are the Sunday following is Survivor Series. And there there will be the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Champions and the WWE Champion versus the Blue Universal Champion. Which at the moment is Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. First alarm bell, that's heel versus heel. The last time at Survivor Series in the champion versus champion world that they came close to doing that for like a marquee match. The the, the time they came closest, I guess, was Brock Lesnar, Jinder Mahal. And like a couple of weeks beforehand, they pulled the rug from under it and they went with AJ Styles instead. Amazing decision. <laughs> just uh, like Not only was it did it end the Jinder Mahal experiment, which was just so see-through from the beginning, it never worked. But they gave us AJ Styles Brock Lesnar, which was an awesome match. So that's the closest we've come to heel versus heel. AJ Styles at the time was a mega face. I guess Daniel Bryan was a heel and Brock Lesnar was, but Daniel Bryan had just turned. So still a lot of fan support for him. Or they were in the middle of a weird confusion, what's this character type of situation. Now it's like solid. Roman Reigns established heel and so is Randy Orton. I would say history is not on Randy Orton's side next week and we could get a change. Just a little storyline thing of why is Drew McIntyre, who's like his me mega star at the moment, why is he doing nothing at <laughs> Survivor Series? Like, literally nothing. He's not in on any of the card. They've constantly gone across on television that he's focused on Randy Orton and he's doing all that stuff, so he can't get his head around joining Team Survivor Series. Personally, as a character motivation, all in for that. Because it's character consistency. It's what I've complained about with WWE for the past few years. I feel like this year, during the pandemic era, that started to shift when they realised they couldn't do any spectacle, so they kind of focused in on characters a bit more. Finally, they've been needing to for years. Uh, but you've seen the rewards of it with Drew McIntyre, where he is like a consistent character, like week to week he's got his drives and things. There's still the issue of the WWE world where it's more like passing ships in the ocean rather than characters in the shared universe, as in you're... You're passing, you're passing different storylines and characters. They don't interact with each other. Once you finish your storyline, then you can hop to another ship and interact with somebody else. But whilst you're on that ship, in that rivalry, you're not allowed to interact with anybody. It's like, ooh, But that's, that's broken down a little bit this year, which is good. And the shameless Drew McIntyre stuff is great because that is building to something after the current thing that's happening. It makes the world feel lived in, as in... The next thing that happens, you've already seen the building to it. You've seen the character work, the shameless and Drew McIntyre stuff is already being set up for whenever it happens, be it as immediate as after Survivor Series. That's miles better than what we were getting for the past two, three years. So at least there's positives there for me to look into. 
The other one is the Raw Tag Team Championships. And New Day... Well, <laughs> New Day, obviously, the lineage is all over the place now because they literally just swapped the belts. <laughs> so it's cut. So it's just like, oh, well, you can't have the SmackDown because the, the blue, you can't have the blue on the red one. That makes no sense. No, you've got to swap them. You can't, you can't have them. Just imagine the red one on the blue one. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. So they just swapped them, which again, it's... I loved Xavier Woods' reaction of, yeah, that's the thing that makes the most sense <laughs> when they did it there. Uh, that was great. But yeah, so, anyway, so, how have they, I don't know how to cut the lineage. Have New Day been champions for a little while now, or have they only just become champions? Which one is it? I don't know. <laughs> how on earth do you carry a lineage in this situation? Uh, anyway, so if you count it as they've been tag champions for a little bit longer, then they've got their match with the Hurt Business. If not, this is their first defence, really, unless it's not, and I'm forgetting something. But New Day, they're... I'm trying to think how they've... I'm more they've been a jolt of energy, a jolt of fun. It's been what the show's really needed coming out in the second hour and just bringing a whole load of fun. And it's not like 24-7 slapstick, slapstick fun. It's just a jolt of energy. And it's as soon as they came out after the first time after the draft, I was just like, this is what Raw's needed. Like, just, yes, I've, this is great. And to have them there every single week. I'm loving them having having them on Raw now because I quite often I can't watch SmackDown. It just happens. In the current world, in the lockdown world where things have shifted all over the place, I just can't, I don't always have the time to watch SmackDown, so I miss it quite a lot. And I also don't cover it because, it, again, current world. I was all set to do it, then then a pandemic happened and then obviously shifting things happened and I wasn't, suddenly I don't have the time free on a Saturday. But... Yeah, but it's good to have New Day on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to say but, but it was my transition to figure out what I was meant to be saying before my lockdown tangent. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so we've got two tags. Are, are they likely to change hands? Drew McIntyre, as we're saying, there's a high chance there just because, while well, he's not doing anything. Why is he not doing anything? And we do and it's good to see... I'm happy to see WWE may have a plan. Yeah. Unless they don't <laughs> and they're making this up as they go along and this was decided this week and uh, when I say week to week booking sometimes that does involve you'll book something this week which then leads into the next one that still counts as like on this week we booked it type of thing for me long term is you know you're thinking months ahead not weeks ahead so yeah you see, see it in AW where they're going with Hamman and Omega where you're talking about oh it's this it leads to this or this far down the line and you can see the different plotted out points Compared to Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, which felt like it's been pay-per-view to pay-per-view. Uh, that's still short-term booking for me. If you're just booking for the next pay-per-view and sometimes you're filling the gaps from week to week for that. Anyway, <laughs> let's wind back. The New Day facing the Hurt Business is another one where it's currently face versus face, which is which has happened more often. But the awesome New Day versus The Shield match, which kicked off Survivor Series a couple of years ago. I need to go back and watch some of these. Some of these were great. But this year with Street Profits versus New Day, they kind of built it up, but not really. After that first week, they've dropped it a little bit. Uh, it's more like New Day themselves are the only ones properly promoting it. So there could be a high chance that Hurt Business grabs those titles. It's the one thing they're missing. As I'm, I really like the Hurt Business. I've really enjoyed the way they've been built up. But the one thing they are missing is all the gold. <laughs> all of it. They don't necessarily need MVP to become world champion. They could have. Like Bobby Lash, Bobby Lashers could do that. But to have uh, the tag team straps, I feel like that's the next step to really solidify them. Because that's what I would go with. I would, I would, uh, it's because, again, the 
the, the issue with the, the New Day one is just the prestige of them just got wiped with that swap. So it's uh, I guess this will be quite a good way because Hurt Business projecting this week how much they want them, what they need them for that success for that next level. So it's great to see them kind of treating the titles with respect. That's my favourite thing about Hurt Business as well. They're heels, but there's so much respect built into them and their little representation, like saving WWE at the face of retribution, but at a cost. Like, yeah, I love that. A heel stable which is built on respect and isn't just, we are bad guys, we do the TikTok, TikTok, checklist is what I was meant to say. <laughs> we tick off the checklist bad guy things to say or to do or whatever. It's like, no, they feel like a unit with an actual personality that isn't just bad guys. So that's... that's um, yeah, <laughs> so there is a chance Survivor Series could completely kind of turn its head a little bit with the matches outside of the Survivor Series teams, because, and this is where it kind of like leads into the, the main point of the show. For me, the men's and women's Survivor Series teams, with those matches where they're building up the animosity, I guess, in bet- with inter-team rivalries and feuds and things that are playing out. And there's the animosity building of, well, Team Raw's got to defeat Team SmackDown. We've got to do it. This year, it, it really is lacking something. It's just something about the page view. I'm just, like, more than the past few years. This this year, they've really, I guess, they failed to sell me on the pay-per-view. And I've seen it from quite a few other people as well. Like, it's not just me. Where I know, the past few years, I know that I've enjoyed the Survivor Series pay-per-views. I also know that going into the last couple, the storylines that were built up and were happening just died on the build to Survivor Series and then came back. It was worse when they also died for the Saudi Arabia shows, which meant three times a year, when you were building up stories, suddenly they just plepped, they just went dead. We're doing this thing now. And then once they finished, you got, went back to it. So essentially, for those three weeks of television, if you were invested in the long-term stories, you could just check out for three weeks. And during the Saudi Rainbow builds, I started doing that. I just stopped watching. Came back afterwards. And we, well, in some cases, again, I've said it before, the past two years before I started doing this, or building up to doing this, I stopped watching WWE all summer for both 2019 and 18. Like After those Saudi Arabia shows, I didn't come back. I did come back, obviously, for the summer. <laughs> but for the summer, I didn't come back. And I... like For Survivor Series this year... It's been a lot better. They've not just dropped the stories. So there's there's that... Because when I see that, that they've... That they don't feel it for Survivor Series. Because I kind of feel like it's the... There's multiple things at play. That one is they continue, they've decided creatively to continue with stories rather than drop everything and really just build the animosity for Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. I don't know if part of that is out of the consciousness that with the draft being so close, which is another issue with it, that they kind of knew that, well, no one's going to really buy it, so why not just continue building the animosity for your stories and build up your characters and continue with that? Personally, the shows have really benefited from doing that, where, again, the past couple of years, they've just stopped, this is what we're doing now, the storyline's just halted. So it's great to see the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton thing happening, but really enjoying Paranoid Orton. He's great when he was, like, pacing... We paced out the start of the show like in, in suspicion of his main event tag team partners with like the Miz and Morrison. Like, you put this together, didn't you? And he ran he ran, ran over both of them, like calling out Miz and told Morrison uh, like we, you just pissed off and wrestled in the minor leagues. And like a line, by the way, which causes discussion on the old internet, but it's just a go-to WWE line. So that's 
that kind of reaction's gone for me. Uh, but hey, looking at Twitter, it seems to still do the trick. <laughs> the, the amount of people arguing over it is like, yeah, it's yeah, it's a line for me to that is designed to get reaction, and it works. It doesn't get that reaction out of me anymore. And uh, I've, I've been through the ringer too many times. Is that a, I think that's a phrase? <laughs> do the ringer too many times for it to get me anymore. But yeah, it still gets it. Looking at Twitter, the amount of people. It's like, oh no, no, he can't say that on minor leagues. Oh, do we do we rubbish? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Just don't know why they're pirates. <laughs> but no, I. Yeah, let's leave it. That's a tangent. <laughs> rope it back. Rope it back. The issue for me for Safari Seas this year, uh, I, I hit on it a little bit, is that it is immediately after the draft. What is it? Two, three weeks. Uh, the epitome of it. Uh, WWE on Fox tweeting that uh, like they, they tweeted a yawn with an emoji like. <laughs> of the graphic of four of the five Raw team members having been announced. And they just yawned. And immediately, especially after the fifth man was Matt Riddle, because that means, immediately everyone's pointing out, well, that means four of those five team members were on your show like two weeks ago. <laughs> like two, three weeks ago, they were on your show. And you're tweeting, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Like, no wonder we're struggling to care. Like, why would the wrestlers themselves be that invested to fight for their team when the draft was, like, two, three weeks ago, when they were on the other side? It's, it's, it's brand supremacy that only really matters once a year, and the tagline of, like, the one time you get to see Raw and some... And so, so, uh, God, that's some time. Raw and SmackDown competitors go against each other. One-on-one, on one, it's the only time of year. And immediately people take the piss out of it. It's like, well, you've had the... People jumping to each brand constantly. You got the women's tag team champions, mean they can jump brand constantly. You got the Royal Rumble, that happens as well. <laughs> it's just that in recent years, the fact that they've it's it's kind of like it, last year as well, where they had Raw SmackDown and NXT. They're pushing it of oh the you know, first time you can see this, but of course well, that was in the year with a wild card rule. Was that twenty eighteen? The year with the wild card rule. <laughs> that, that was twenty nineteen, wasn't it? where it was just, like, people jumping all over the place. That was, again, I stopped watching, where it was like, I'm going to leave you to sort yourself out, and I'll come back once you've figured it out. <laughs> and I was seeing on Twitter at the time, people were just like, this is nonsense, and it went on for months. <laughs> but in that year, to be saying that uh, this is the one time of year you get to see that, and it's like, using the same tagline after all these years. I can't remember what it is this year, but it's not that, so at least there's, at least there's that. And in terms of spicing it up as well, last year there was NXT. Like, reasons to be invested in the show, reasons to care. The NXT teams were in there. Like, really, you felt like they were going to go in and prove themselves. There was something for them to fight for. We had all these new faces to get behind as well, to see these underdogs against the main roster talent. And that gave the show such a unique edge. This year, without them, it's just something massively missing. And I've seen quite a few people call it a step back. For me... I was never expecting it, mostly because that would mean 15 people in two matches, never mind the tag team one, but with 15 people in two matches, just think, how on earth do you do that during a pandemic? And I know that Florida's opened up quite a lot, but surely there are still some restrictions, right? You can't have that many people in that short, that, you can't find a space for such a long amount of time consistently and it be totally safe. So, yeah, so I was never expecting it because of the pandemic, essentially. Like, I was never expecting NXT. Um, other people did the point of, well, the other thing was the only reason the NXT thing happened was because of Saudi Arabia, where half the talent got stranded. They thought of a SmackDown randomly, then came up with a reason afterwards as to why the SmackDown talent would do that. Uh, yeah. This year, it's missing it. 
Definitely. But it's not necessarily the NXT thing. It's just a hook. A, a something. Of course, there's no Brock Lesnar either. Last year had the NXT hook, Sam's Brock Lesnar. This year it's just... There's nothing extra. Roman Reigns is an amazing talent. He could step up into that beast mode guy. But it's there's definitely something missing this year. And I don't know if part is because they're in a kind of point of building up characters in a really strong way. Then this comes about immediately after the draft with no... Well, no kind of, uh, not motivation, but no reason to get invested. And I feel like that's where they've failed. That, yes, because that's my final point, is these past few years, it doesn't, always, it doesn't always matter about how good the matches are per se. As a show, since the draft, and maybe the, maybe the second year since the draft, as in like the, the most recent brand split, since they've done that, I've enjoyed Survivor Series every year. I, I guess since I've been like, podcasting or what have you I started in I started in 2016 with Burn and eventually got picked up by that was that was when like you're talking hardly anyone <laughs> listening to it and then we got picked up in different places so now we're scattered uh, I say different places what I talk about Laws of Pain Radio picked us up and we've been there ever since uh, point being <laughs> as a tangent uh, when I started it was me and Burn and overall our listens would be uh, what four Overall, like that that was it, <laughs> type of thing. It was a massive deal if you got over 10. Point being, from then, it feels like it's that long ago, 2016, four years, and I've enjoyed them every year since. It didn't matter whether four, when I did the review on it or whatever, it didn't matter if four people were listening to me or what it is now, whatever the total is, when I put the, the YouTube together with the uh, actual podcast listens, which are all, always way higher than YouTube. No, YouTube's new. <laughs> it's a new thing, I'm still trying it out. But with... Uh, I don't think another way to explain it. I enjoy the shows. That's the best way to put it. Yes, even though the TV build sometimes stops. Even though I don't enjoy the TV build, the pay-per-views themselves I always enjoy. So it's it's a weird one. Well, I can, I can outright say I am not invested in this show. But I can also say Survivor Series is fantastic if you don't watch the TV shows. Like it's perfect to just tune in and watch the pay-per-view. Because they're like, on their own, they're fine, they're great. They're often enjoyable. But the actual build to them, yeah, it's not it's not great. And you have to just drop so... In the past few years, have had to drop so many things. And this year, they haven't dropped... The, they, haven't, they haven't really dropped that many things. But they've completely failed in selling you on why these characters care so much. Like, why should I care about Team War versus Team SmackDown? And brand loyalty isn't... Like anything really. The only two way it makes sense is the Fox Network and the USA Network. And they're not on the show, technically. <laughs> and like as a fan, I don't give a crap about Fox and USA. <laughs> I couldn't care less. They mean yes, they're low yes, they hold the show for the hold sorry, they host the show for me. It's their network it gets put out on. But I don't care which board executive's happy. That that's not a world I give a shit about, <laughs> really. So it's uh yeah yeah i've not been given a reason why i should care that's best put it anyway i'm going to quickly bash through the show i've got notes on the nine segments i've got written down in plus additional backstage stuff that happened throughout the show uh first off mr money in the bank the miz and john morrison were set to open raw with a miz tv when randall orton made his way down he's paranoid autumn which is great to see and as I said earlier, he was in suspicion of his main event colleagues and ran them down. Uh, even turning his back and inviting the man, like, go on, cash it in, cash it in. 
Instead, Miz appears to be playing a longer game. Uh, yeah, he's money in the bank right now, but he could earn a Raw Tag Team Championship match, assuring Orton the lads all right for now. And, like, Orton's not exactly... They've not exactly earned his trust. And I, I kind of like that. Again, it's booking past the show. Again, applause for WWE. Again, they've been doing this a lot more this year. It's it's The issues I'm talking about are more, like, uh, things that exist from past years, and they were really bad the past few years, but this year, for me, there's been clear improvement. As in, characters do things on the show which could lead to something in the next one. And something like this here, where Miz's character motivation, <laughs> to give him the actor thing, where he's like, no, I'm not going to cash in money in the bank. Like, right now, like, I might, I will do online, but right now, like, me and Miz, me and Morrison, we could become Raw Tag Team Champions. Like, I'm not going to turn that away either. I like that. And the fact that, again... Oh, <laughs> the example that came to my head is Game of Thrones. I'm not saying this writing is on par with Game of Thrones. I just mean the technique. Where you have a character explain like the next things they're hoping to do. And you say, oh, I'm going to do this. This is my plan. I'm going to go here. And then as a viewer, you're like, okay, so that's the thing that's happening next then. Then me saying, well, we've got, we could earn a Raw Tag Team Championship match. It's like, in your head, you're immediately going, oh, oh okay then. And so they, if, when they win this, the main event then, then they'll become number one contenders and you've got or you got maybe they can build a stable out of it with Randy Miz and Morrison, but actually that rolled off the tongue that did. <laughs> but the Game of Thrones thing was when they had ah uh, what was the what was the guy's uh, Stark the first Stark that died spoilers then <laughs> Rob Stark that's it I've read the books as well could you tell <laughs> I um, yeah so what they did with Rob Stark is they showed him showing his plans we're going to be marching here and he's giving commands well you can set that you you go there you do this because he's setting up for the next thing to happen and it's like i'm just going to take care of this first when i do i'll get back to this thing and this is the thing i'm going to do he's like oh this is like a side thing and then we get back to the main point but then he dies he's cut off and the plans that he was setting never happen and it turns like an investment in the world yeah that's a fantastic writing technique because I was getting invested in, like, oh, and I'm thinking, oh, this could happen then, and then that, and then that. Uh, but you kill him, and none of it happens. <laughs> it's just, I like that, personally. It's to, for me, that's great writing. It's the, <laughs> I was just saying, it's the, it's the technique, where you show the character, and he's showing what he, he's, like, his plans and the thing, what he's going to do. And then you just cut him short. It's cut the legs out of him, and he doesn't get those plans. And this week on Modern Night War, that thing was New Day, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton finding out just before the match from Adam Pearce that he's got to defend the title against Drew McIntyre next week. Suddenly, Miz and Morrison's hopes of becoming number one contenders and all of their plans afterwards to become the champions, it's just gone because Randy Orton is suddenly not there to be out with them. Well, he is, but not me not mentally. He's physically on the apron, but he's not taking part. <laughs> so, I liked that. So anyway, when Ms. Morrison and Orton were in the ring, uh, New Day came out, gave them a uh, like wee team team building exercise for the heels to beat up New Day uh, in Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Uh, they they ran down the lads in the ring and have given them a little fisty cuff, but they didn't fare well once they were actually in the thing. Uh, so out ran their third man for the night, Drew McIntyre. That didn't go well either. <laughs> Instead, Ms. and Morrison and Orton got in some nice team offence with the duo sending the Scott into Orton for a title shot fake out into an RKO. Uh, posing on the ramp with the faces all angry in the ring, Orton clearly didn't trust Miss and Morrison, and this led to the main event. There were promos in between, 
But the main event of Randy Orton, The Miz and John Morrison versus Drew McIntyre, JV Woods and Kofi Kingston. Randy Orton refused to get in the ring after learning about the title match next week. Instead, completely refraining from taking part, Drew McIntyre, JV Woods and Kofi Kingston essentially just destroy Miz and Morrison. They gave it a go. <laughs> the Valiant Heels gave it a go, but they just got destroyed. And eventually, Drew McIntyre clobbers the lad. For, uh, which one was it? I think it was Morrison for the win. And that was how we ended the show. Randy Orton kind of just paranoid, walking away. And the music of McIntyre blaring. And we'll say, that is interesting. I like that. Again, I was just hinting at the fact that I, I laughed at myself when I was like, oh, no, my example's Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's just like, and it's like season three when the writing was like amazing. But I'm comparing it to Raw. <laughs> and I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Now, I'm just meaning the point of what Miz gave his kind of projections for the future. And immediately as a wrestling fan, because it is like much lower level of quality of writing and scripting and like building of the next thing that happens, that when they do use a technique that's a bit more than that, I want to applaud it. And that technique of the Miz kind of prophesizing his future before just getting his legs cut out from under him from an outside circumstance. It's like, yeah. It's not Game of Thrones, yes, but it's the technique that <laughs> reminded me of. That's in the first place I thought of that I'd use that technique. Anyway, I applaud that. Does it help me get excited for Survivor Series? No. <laughs> but uh, for next week's television for Monday Night Raw, they've built it up massively to have a WWE Championship and Raw Tag Team Championship, and the Mesa show could just flip-flop randomly on the night. And that's happened before. As I said, AJ Styles, Jinder Mahal. It's not out of the realm of WWE to completely change who the champion is just before. I mean, to be fair, Daniel Bryan beating AJ Styles was similar as well. Like, that wasn't that long before Survivor Series. Suddenly, we've got a completely new dynamic at our hand. At our hand? Yeah, stick with it. But, yeah, this year, it's because it's heel versus heel. I feel like Drew McIntyre is going to win and we get Mays McIntyre. However, that's also the big match you hold off. So it depends. WWE recently have been really bad at kind of when they see a big thing, they just immediately go for the shiny. They don't they go, no, well, let's let's hold it off. Let's continue to build the lads and build them and build them and then snap it like a WrestleMania in a year or so. Like, no. It's like, oh, shiny, grab it. <laughs> just, just calm down, Vince. It's all right. Anyway, I guess now it's the time to get into the Team Raw Survivor Series build, given I've moaned so much. But first, let's have a drink. I'm not going to down a pint of water. <laughs> not necessary. Not necessary at all. Oh, I just need... <laughs> I, wasn't meant... I didn't mean to do that. It's a second to go back. Anyway. Elias versus Jeff Hardy versus Riddle. Uh, Elias out beforehand for a little sing-song. Where he's saying, let's be honest, things haven't went that well for me. <laughs> That's word for word what he said. Things haven't went that well for me. Like, ah, fantastic English. But I'll let you go because you are on live television and when you, you mess up sometimes it happens. You say the wrong word. I've done it myself. <laughs> you just say the wrong word. You say the thing in the wrong te uh, in the wrong tense or whatever, and you just hope people don't notice. But yeah, I do it all the time. Anyway, uh, it seems as soon as he starts the song, you get interrupted, but it doesn't happen. So he finally just relaxes. Like, all right, I'll just play my song then. Uh, but instead, Mean Jeff knows it will hurt just that bit more if he lets him play a few chords first. That's a man of guitar experience. <laughs> Let him get into the song first before then cutting him off. A uh, so this triple threat was a damn fast-paced match, like a last uh, a last chance at the team raw 
fifth placement. <laughs> Can't remember the phrasing. And like for me, it's like a rock paper scissors of momentum. Like Elias beats Hardy. Hardy beats Riddle. Riddle beats Elias. Uh, Elias trying to capitalise, but Riddle was there to stop the successful offence on Jeffrey. A great sequence in the end with Jeff and the artist formerly known as Matt as they exchange strikes to no avail, increasingly quicker and quicker until Hardy grabbed the man for a twist of fate. But Elias beats Hardy! Flying knee from the music man to snatch momentum. But there's already a character from the Hit Guy Richie movie snatch on the Survivor Series team. So Riddle beats Elias. Uh, bro Derek for the win and the Raw Survivors... Uh, Survivors? Survivor... <laughs> that was even worse, that second attempt. Survi the Raw Survivor Series team is complete. How convenient the pay-per-views next Sunday and all that as well. You've got your team filled out just in time. Well done. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah, fine. Quick pace match. Set things set things up. But uh, Matt Riddle's doing double, so, you know, don't wear us out on them. But, again, I like the rock-paper-scissors dynamic. It, it was relatively fun. And as you can tell by my words on that one, I enjoyed writing it up. Uh, AJ Styles was watching during the match, uh, cutting to him and Omeg Bahin throughout uh, Caruso rocked up for his post-match thoughts and he says, yeah, he's happy about Riddle being in the team. When Shamu walks in all irate at AJ being happy with Riddle, uh, but the Georgia man just wants everyone to get on as a team. He just wants everyone to get on, damn it. Uh, but, uh, but how does uh, Seamus feel about how AJ's doing? AJ's not my captain, which became the theme for like the second hour of, of the show. Uh, Braun Strowman appears like a helicopter out of nowhere. <laughs> AJ, he's not my captain. Uh, if you don't know what that means, <laughs> oh, that made me laugh when I wrote it. Yeah, so I live near an army base, so helicopters fly over all the time, and it gets me in movies where it's suddenly helicopter, as in like a helicopter will come out of nowhere. Like, no. Again, as somebody who where helicopters fly over my house relatively frequently, uh, anybody who lives near one can tell you, no. <laughs> Stealthy helicopter, no. <laughs> you hear the rumbles for miles. <laughs> It, 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 everything begins to rumble and shake a bit and then you really feel it whilst they go over like you can't stealth helicopter <laughs> it's not a thing <laughs> so yeah so Braun appearing out of nowhere you can't stealth Braun <laughs> that's not a thing look at the size of him Braun Strowman doesn't stealth <laughs> no he's like a helicopter out of nowhere anyway Mustafa Ali retribution promo on Ricochet. Uh, maybe once Richard realises one man can't change things on his own, they'll let him in. Uh, Ali is such a great promo, like almost like the names aren't silly and the group uh, and the group aren't over like death. <laughs> like now using that promo momentum to get the rest of the group some steam, like much needed <laughs> when they never win. Uh, like Mia Yim, sorry, reckoning. Even got some mic time and hinted at something. I think she said something about someone with green hair. Or was it pink hair? It might be pink hair. The only one I could think of was Candice LeRae. <laughs> I don't know. Who on the roster's got pink hair? What is she on about? Anyway. Uh, the thing that came up with Retribution towards the end of the week was Mustafa. And they brought it up during the match for Retribution. Where it's Mustafa Ali saying, essentially that he gave the the uh, members of Retribution a mask just so that they could feel like what it was like to be ridiculed like for the way that he looked like he was and gave him ridiculous names so that they would be mocked for their names like he was so they get a feeling of what it's like and immediately I'm just looking at that going it's a hindsight booking which maybe might work a little bit more if one of your members wasn't, you know, Dio Madden, who's African-American, and Mia Yim, who's Asian-African, <laughs> as in 
yeah, you got two people on your team who would have grown up experiencing that. So it doesn't really <laughs> make sense. Really, it's hindsight booking, which would work if if like if they were all white, for example, and it's a lesson on white privilege, I guess. Uh, but no, like the people he's saying, I'm doing this to you so you won't feel like what you'll feel what it's like. They would have experienced it themselves. It's an odd one. It's yeah, it's great as long as you don't think about it. And it's with the connotation of, oh, are we wrong to be laughing at them? No, it's hindsight booking. It's crap. They're trying to fix the crap. And one method that WWE seems to do quite a lot is we're at fault. Or trying to twist it so that people can then go, oh, no, no, you're stupid for thinking it's stupid. There was a plan all along. <laughs> like, oh, who are you trying to impress? <laughs> it's a weird one. Like, no, it's just not written well. It continues to not be written well. But Mustafa Ali is fantastic. Mo like Every member of that group is great. But it's a crap writing <laughs> to a point of... <laughs> like uh, yeah, Again, a lot of work's going to have to go in to get me to care. And Mustafa Ali doing a decent job and using his momentum, like his promo momentum to build up the others is great. But the you, the fans, are wrong for laughing at the silliness. It's heat. I don't know if it's the right heat, really. It's more of heat on creative than it would be heat on them. But anyway, Hurt Business were chatting backstage, and a bit that I loved, and seemingly loads of people loved as well. Drew Gulak rocks up all smartly dressed after Bobby helped him win the 24-7 championship. By beating him up and laying him motionless, me him, laying his motionless body over our truth last week, like he's rocking up as oh he did that because he wants a great champion to be part of the hurt business. Completely misreading the situation, Drew. <laughs> the fella talked about the next phase for the hurt business by adding the twenty four seven champion to the group. They obviously take that well. Even better when they found out he's wearing a clip on tie with the great line of like. Well, I'm 24-7 champion and I need to be able to escape like at a moment's notice. <laughs> like, it's just smart. <laughs> like, yes, I like that type of stuff. Uh, anyway, the lads beat him up and leave. A, a background worker walks by and doesn't give an F. <laughs> when R-Truth sneaks in and is obviously now once again your 24-7 champion, which led to a seven-man match later in the night, uh, which I'll immediately just say I applauded Full Gear for putting their comedy match as they kind of come down after a hot opener. And I'll criticise once again, putting a seven-man comedy match in the third hour just feels like filler. It's at that point, I'm ready for the show to build to winding down. And you give me something like that, I'm going to skip it. Uh, it's, it's, show mo it's, it's show pacing. You don't put that segment right at the end. You don't put your comedy bit <laughs> right before your main event because I'm going to tune out. Like, I'll read it as a piss break, essentially. Uh, anyway, Lana versus Shayna Baszler. Poor Lana. Poor, poor Lana. Uh, Lana tried to gain an advantage, but yeah, like she's in there with the MMA last, so good luck with that. Uh, Baszler beat her up before locking in the cat through the clutch for a quick tap out. And the story of the night for Lana, Nia quickly clearing the announce desk once the bell rang, a menu that's par for the course nowadays. But Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were on commentary and put a stop to the run of a table pain. Uh, they may not be happy with Lana costing them last week, but Team Raw ain't getting anywhere with chemistry as broken as this. So, for the greater good. For the greater good. Not seen hot fuzz? <laughs> Reference. Uh, afterwards, Lana walks up on the two backstage, uh, but their way of advice was more, just stay out of our way. So, yeah, Lana struggling to really get on with people. 
Anyway, so AJ Styles' Survivor Series team captain meeting was up next. Uh, for me, I hit a fatigue point now. It really hit me. Which is, uh, I realized, cause I think the main point was I realised I, I, they've completely failed to make me care about Survivor Series or make me care about the stakes so that when the characters, for some reason, really care, I'm not convinced. So, it's like, well, why, why would any of them care? I've not been told that bit. They just showed up and cared. Well, why do they care? <laughs> what, what's, there's nothing at stake. What, why do they care so much? Half of this... Like, four members out of five of this team were on the other show two weeks ago. Why do they care? <laughs> um, but yeah, I zoned out and I wanted to do anything but watch Raw. I was tangent... I was uh, tangenting. Life tangenting. I was doing other things <laughs> other than watching Raw and like, even like housework and stuff. I had to bring myself back to do this uh, to get through these notes. But yeah... And I think it was, it's the feet, I feel like it's the fatigue from Full Gear. Like, even though it was Saturday, I feel like I've still not recovered. I mean, obviously, with the hours I pulled, like, energy-wise, like, I've not recovered. <laughs> what I mean is, like, wrestling, like, mentally, in terms of taking on more wrestling. Like, I'm just, I think I just wasn't ready for wrestling. Like, I could have done with, like, I think if I didn't do this, if I didn't do anything for wrestling headlines, I probably wouldn't have watched Raw this week. Just skipped it, uh, tuned in for the Go Home Show next week. If that <laughs> just goes straight to Survivor Series, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think that really hit me when they really zoned in on building to Survivor Series, and I realised I just didn't care. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway, eventually it came back, and uh, yeah, the segment didn't help either. A bunch of lads bickering over team standings for a match WWE have failed to get us to believe actually matters in the first place. Uh, then add the S script that has them giggle at the eh gags. Like, not even Keith Lee could say this. There is a saving grace for this entire arc. <laughs> one one character who I've really enjoyed throughout, and AJ Styles. Uh, AJ's been great as this more comedic role, like in the leadership of in the face of blatant rejection. In spite of cohesion issues, like AJ's still confident ahead of his Survivor Series because, of course, he is. He's still Team Captain of Raw. Makes all the sense. Uh, one by one, each member of the team voices that they're not on the same page. That AJ is apparently the captain. But the thing he was right about was Riddle being the missing piece. Uh, he gave everyone but Seamus uh, nicknames. Well, he gave everybody nicknames, but everyone but Seamus was on that similar enjoyment page with him. AJ Styles comes up with another team cohesion idea or team bonding exercise. And it's a tag team match and he's the special guest referee. Can you uh, guess what happens next? Uh, yes. Uh, first off, where it's Riddle and Keith Lee versus Seamus and Braun Strowman. They're the teams, and immediately, ah, one of 2018 PWG's star tag team combos <laughs> making an appearance on Raw. And it's just one of the, immediately with the Orton comment. Yeah, I saw loads of people just jumping in. It's like, but most of the guys on the on the WWE roster came from that world. So it's a weird dig. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that's why I don't take much stock in it anymore. I feel like it's a line they know gets reaction. But that means it stopped getting a reaction from me. Because, uh, yeah, Cause I've, se I've seen it play out so many times. But it's like, why do you, why are you still getting, why do you care so much, <laughs> really? Like, it's just a line, they say. There's, there's, no, there's no, nothing behind it. <laughs> it made sense for the character of Autumn to say that. So, yeah, all, 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 all the goodness. But, yes, a PWG tag team <laughs> on One Night Raw. Uh, big Nasty Strowman was big and nasty. Uh, angry Seamus was angry. But neither were as big or as angry as Omog Bahin. Uh, he, he wasn't in the match, but he, he got those low-down camera angles regardless, just to show how 
big and how nasty. Ugh. <laughs> he is up inside. Um, the match itself, yeah, it was decent. Um, again, I just don't care about the stakes. The match, is, the match was fun, but I don't care about the stakes. A solid TV match, three stars, what have you. Middle of the show, uh, a solid match between four great, uh, four great talents for the position they're in, all doing a really good job. So I don't care about the thing they're building to. Uh, like, this was a great showcase for Riddle, uh, who kind of needed, since he's come to Raw, he's needed showcases like this to kind of help him fit in, and I feel like it, they've done a decent job. Uh, Lee got to once again feel like a rampaging powerhouse, which is awesome as well. Feels like he's fallen down the card quite a bit from his Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton days, but that happens quite a lot in WWE, where they do a massively hot debut for a guy, then they just fall down the ladder, and eventually they slowly climb their way back up. Kevin Owens as example. I feel like that's where Keith Lee's going. Like, United States Championship before long is kind of what I'm feeling. And then I'm realising, oh, Lashley versus Lee. Yes, yeah, <laughs> do it, <laughs> yes. Uh, and Hurt Business going after Keith Lee makes a lot of sense. Because, again, with a man like him on their team, they could be really powerful, but Keith Lee's a man of such honour that he would never do that. So, yeah, build the feud, and then uh, they pay the price for trying to recruit Keith Lee. It was a mistake. Uh, but... AJ Styles is trying to keep the team together. The four men fighting between each other as AJ Styles struggles to do so. His ideas of like, why not wrestle it out? Clearly working less and less as <laughs> the weeks go on. Yes, Sheamus calling for the bro kick instead gets tagged out by Big Brawny Braun who runs rampant before Sheamus returns in kind and then bro kicks the bold lad off the apron for getting rolled up by Riddle. That's two wins in the night on the night for Matt Riddle. Sorry, Riddle. Uh, Lee and he may be on the same page, but the rest of the team is rather all over the place. Will they get on next Sunday? Don't know if I care, <laughs> but I'll enjoy the match. I'll get invested once the match starts. And here was when I tangented it again and saw the WWE on Fox tweet tweeting yawn. But four of the five lads won SmackDown like two weeks ago. Ah. Uh, backstage, Alexa Bliss was playing with some flowers and Nikki Cross walked in like, Hey Nikki, it's been ages. What accent's that? Scotland. <laughs> um, we saw each other last week, says Alexa. Did we? Oh, well, cool. Uh, time to make a choice between me and him. And, uh, oh, okay. Then I choose. And they go, blows the petals into her face. Him. And she scuttles away. So, yeah, I like the kind of little building to that. The uh, interesting point with this segment was, like, early to a point where even in the first hour, they were promoting a moment of bliss to take part later in the show. And it never happened. It was just pulled, for whatever reason it was. And speculation wild. Why was it pulled? Or was it just rewriting the show? Probably that one. <laughs> it's like, yes, it could be an interesting reason why it was pulled. Or it, it might not be. And it's the par for the norm why it got pulled. Uh, so, yes. So they're prom even promoting it in the first hour. But the Bray Wyatt moment of bliss thing never happened. But with Drew McIntyre, suddenly you've got him in the main event. Uh, anyway... Bobby Lashley with MVP out in the ring. And uh, Caruso confirms that Benjamin and Alexander have a Raw Tag Team Championship match next week. And uh, then it goes to MVP and Bobby Lashley in the ring. MVP has a Survivor Series preview for SmackDown. When her business has the gold, they best watch out. Uh, Titan O'Neil comes on down to interrupt them and takes disrespect in the group's conduct towards him the other week. Great to see something for the man to show some emotion in and convinces Lashers into a title match. And so impromptu United States Championship bout. 
Bobby Lee Lashers versus Titus O'Neil. Titus showed some fight, got in some hands, but quickly enough Lashley got the hurt lock in and full Nelson to the man to sleep. End of match. Bobby Lashley looks strong going into Survivor Series. Again, that's heel versus heel. But those matches do happen lower down the card. So it's not as definite that one of those two will drop it. If it's going to be Lashley or Sami Zayn, it'll probably be Sami Zayn. But again, because I've not watched SmackDown, I'm not entirely sh- sure. Like this Saturday, for me, Kimano English, it was power struggle for New Japan. Then it was then I would have had to have watched SmackDown and then it was full gear. But I had to get the full gear show like ready. And of course, outside stuff as well, like the football's on. <laughs> My local football team's playing to keep up with that and other things happening. Uh, so yes, I... Uh, it was too much. Did not watch SmackDown, so I don't know what they're doing. So yes. Anyway, this is where we've got a nice little segment with Drew and Sheamus. I've already praised it earlier. And they have a wee backstage bicker. Sheamus all hot from what's happened. Angry at Drew for not accepting his offer to be on the Team Raw. Uh, with perhaps one or two Firefly creatures in the background. I think it was Mercy the Buzzard hiding behind a box. Uh, I think most people spotted this. But for those of you who didn't, Mercy the Buzzard was on the box behind them. Yeah, McIntyre collapsed the New Day power of positivity to get Seamus like, in a better mood, but Shamu ain't buying it, he's still irate. Uh, but Drew manages to calm the man down by reminiscing in the past and uh, cheering about alcohol uh, in a manner that comes across as how Americans think we cheer about alcohol, when we don't do that. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's how we're scripted in American shows to cheer and dance. It's not a thing. <laughs> uh, once Drew has that WWE Championship once the virus is over. They'll go out and drink pints all night long. Ah, yes. How lovely. How lovely to live in a state that doesn't give an F about an active pandemic. <laughs> Woo! Logic calls for an all-nighter. <laughs> yes. Or WWE exists in a fake world. Well, not fake world. In an imaginary world. It's not the real world where WWE, and in their world, a pandemic doesn't exist. So they can go out and drink perfectly fine. Maybe. Does WWE exist in reality? Comment below. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Asuka versus Nia Jax. So like, I was tired with this show like long ago, but it's nice to see the Raw Women's Championship a champion on the show again. Like she wasn't on it last week, missed her. Uh, early in the show, Saxton called this match a WrestleMania-worthy matchup, and I thought when I woke up, all the wrestling news sites were running wild with that line. Uh, but to me, it just came across as a kind of, I guess. Ended up feeling a bit like a forced attempt to make this match feel big. Uh, like the division has more depth than it actually does. Uh, the tactic of, instead of building characters up or putting them in the work, let's just one day start calling them big main eventers. <laughs> like, that's how it works. You just just randomly start doing it. Um, yeah, it's. I didn't really mead that much into it. That was a gag. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, the division's big strong last versus the veteran Joshi champion who's got tree-chopping strikes... Uh, who will fall first? Well, of As- Asuka, obviously. <laughs> He's going to make the strong one look strong. But after that, oh, after that bit, you're going to make Str- Jax look strong even more. But after that, ah, well, that's time to get a chopping. Uh, spinning back fists, hip attacks, strikes, uh, an angry powerbomb from Naya, but the pins are tad distracted slash cocky, and into an armbar goes Asuka. Cue the chaotic ending. Uh, Survivor, uh, Survivor Series folk all up on the apron. Uh, Asuka's got her axe, so why not chop down some more trees? Uh, Naya launched... If, 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 this is when she launched Mandy Rose over. 
And I wonder if it's after the match. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Nia attempts to capitalise on the chaos, but Asuka's champion for a reason. The quick reactions and into the Asuka lock we go. And Shayna Baszler for the save and DQ as she goes stompy stomp. Uh, in runs the rest of Team Raw for a wee brawl with uh, Brooke and Rose downed by the champions. And this was when uh, Mandy Rose seemed to get injured. There was immediately from the internet a bit of blame on Nia Jax as she's the one that then kind of launched her through the ropes. Obviously, I'm not a wrestling guy. Uh, my, uh, on the slow, low, slow, slow, slow replay, uh, you can see that Manny just... She doesn't grab the ropes right to swing around, but she ends up swinging around anyway and lands awkwardly. The question is, was that because she was launched out with too much momentum or was it just the the dance pairing where both... The, one of them was a little bit off with the dance, so they, they step on each other's toes, essentially, in the wrestling equivalent. Or, or for other reasons, or just mucked up. <laughs> it happens, it's not, as the phrase goes, it's not ballet. Um, but yes, internet will obviously add another one to the list for Naya. Uh, cue the speculations of Lana leaving, because Lana suddenly finds herself sent through the announce table once again, and afterwards into the mic, Dem uh, Naya Jax demands Lana to quit instead of dragging their team down. And uh, again... I've blocked certain websites, so I, I no longer see the headlines of Lana leaving WWE, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> like, I don't see those titles anymore be because I just uh, blocked those certain websites who essentially watch the show and go, breaking story, breaking news, when, no, the ability to read foreshadowing is not breaking news. <laughs> like, no. Uh, but this, this, for me, was great heel work. Of uh, Nia Jax really convincingly, like you can really truly believe that Nia Jax does not want Lana on that team, that she does not believe she deserves to be there, and both are selling it really well as actors. <laughs> you really believe that Nia Jax thinks this the lowest of Lana, and Lana's like try really desperately trying to prove herself, but obviously the like natural talent just isn't there, and it's going to be a much bigger mountain for her to climb. Yeah. I'm a fan of this. And of course, the Lana through a table spot has become a staple of Raw. <laughs> so the streak continues. I thought it was seven or eight weeks in a row now. Uh, Schreiber was backstage and she interviews the once again 24-7 champion, R-Truth, who, who confuses a seven-way... I'm rubbing my eye because it's 24-7 time. Confuses a seven-way match for a seven-camera magazine shoot. Okay? <laughs> Truth logic. But we had ourselves a 24-7 championship match. R-Truth versus Drew Gulak versus Akira Tozawa versus Lindsay Nevada versus Grand Matalik versus Tucker versus Eric. A.K.A. the We've Got Nothing For You Palaza. A.K.A. Ultimate Filler. A.K.A. Poor Lads. It will say before the match started, Angel Garza with another great to camera promo. Uh, talking to all the women at home whilst also putting himself over as God's gift to wrestling. <laughs> yes, I really like everything about those promos. Uh... Practically everyone wins the title in the 24-7 championship medley. <laughs> and one after the other with roll-up after roll-up. Some wrestling comedy with Gulak and Tucker pinning each other over and over like and just stuck in a cradle rocking back and forth. Uh, Gren Matalik flies in. Lindsay pins him. Argument ensues and back to our truth the title goes. Ending this WWE comedy nonsense as Truth's music file just refuses to play. <laughs> Uh, you heard it trying, it just... The fire wouldn't play, and they just moved on with the show. So, yeah. And I feel like they did well enough where they didn't... Like, production didn't break for all oh, weird things happening. It's like, no, he just continued, and 
the sound file like they, they clicked on the file they, they pressed the button it just no it wasn't having it so again it sometimes it happens computers can be dicks sometimes but yeah this was comedy fun but again for me don't put it in the third hour I'm fatigued by that point I'm ready to build to the end of the show the worst place to put a comedy segment <laughs> I'm just going to zone out like again New Day were in the perfect spot where they come out and do the uh, running their mouth kind of stuff like again even the main event if they run their mouth at the start then they have do the serious wrestling or I say serious wrestling uh, okay, well, I guess it's very serious because they just beat them up and had a bit of fun because of the situation but they uh, yeah that worked really well for me but the uh, comedy segment in the third hour uh, da, 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 uh, I'm tired by that point yes anyway Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet is this my final segment to talk about yes it is Retribution woo so I've gone into detail about my mod my mardiness about Retribution so uh, this, obviously Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet great uh, Retribution, uh, they're really going to get over in these third hour pre-main event death slots. <laughs> Second week in a row. Like, yeah, it's it's going to take from some work for me to care. Uh, bright side, we're getting Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet. And it's not on main event, so I've actually watched it. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, Saxton getting across the hindsight booking for the group during this solid match. Like, just again, the silly names were silly on purpose, the crappy masks were crappy on purpose. Uh, wear these masks so you can be judged as I was for the way I look. Again, maybe it would work better if you didn't have Dia Madden and Mia Yim on in the stable. Just like, well, wait, wait a second. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ricochet showed the fight when up against the odds, uh, but Ali is mostly a leader by example, so we had ourselves a lovely one-on-one -on -one between these two. And yes, Retribution were there, and they were a threat more than anything. But uh, Mustafa Ali, leader by example. Which again, as a heel, I like how that's not changed. He's not done a 360, oh, 360. not done a 180. 360, we'll be back again. <laughs> He's not done a 180. He's still the same kind of leader by example that he always was. Just as I'm with a bit of a heel twist. Just with a twist. Uh, Richard with some massive counters. That's Richard O'Shea. Uh, it was a massive counter during the match. Uh, towards the end, a reverse Rana near the end properly took out Ali. But O'Shea launched to the outside in style instead, choosing to take out the other members of the group instead of Mustafa Ali. Uh, Ali took full advantage, catching the landing Ricochet in the Koji Clutch for the submission. Uh, Retribution still have a lot of problems, but they had finally, someone in the group had a solid match and they have a win now. <laughs> so well done. Baby steps for an awfully booked group. That's, yeah... Again, when you clearly got such no plan and you book it as if you do, you're inviting criticism on that level. And when it falls down into mid-card, it's going to be really difficult to care for it. And they're currently in the pre-main event death slot in the third hour. Just, uh, yeah, they're going to struggle. <laughs> but Mustafa Ali's great. I don't, like, unless the idea is to just let them slowly build and figure themselves out now we've solidly got the group. But again, you've got a solid vessel in me who can't do anything right now because you've got no one to face. It's a, it's a weird world. It's a weird world. Anyway, that's the end of the Raw review. Uh, after doing Full Gear as my last show, it's nice to be finishing already. <laughs> it's great. That show's like two hours, 15 minutes or something. Ridiculous. And again, we started at like half past five in the morning. So it's great to be wrapping up at quarter past one, <laughs> which is, you know, still not ideal. <laughs> it's better than it was. Anyway, Monday Night Raw. If my voice goes, it's good to go to bed. Uh, are you excited for Survivor Series? Am I just being a grumpy grumps? Is, uh, was, did you think Raw was solid? I've seen quite a few people say Raw was actually, they found it quite fun. I guess that depends if you care about Survivor Series or not. 
because I just realised during the show that I really don't care. Uh, it, that could be AEW Whiplash because uh, uh, that was an effect that I talked about after coming back from like a major New Japan show and then you go back to WWE and it's just really difficult for a few weeks to watch Raw uh, just because it seems such a high quality level then to go back to Raw it, it was often quite difficult. But, and you would get like a bit of a wrestling whiplash as you kind of fall back down. Uh, maybe post AEW pay-per-views is a thing that's building as well. Uh, because of the pandemic, we've not had that massive feeling, but like, I really, really enjoyed Full Gear at the weekend, and I really struggled with Raw this week. So is there another thing? And of course, I was late with the Raw review this week because of AEW Games. I was like, no, I want to watch this. Like, I'm going to watch this uh, stream, and then I'm going to do my own one. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, Possibly, uh, possibly, I'm getting into AEW quite a bit <laughs> to say that that happened. Anyway, have I got more whiplash? Is Survivor Series building fine? Uh, am I just being grumpy? Uh, tell me what you think, or in the in the comments on laws of on investing headlines. I'll say the right name for the site one week uh, on investingheadlines.net. You can comment as well and like or whatever. Uh, the link for the podcast version will also be on investingheadlines.net when it goes live. I'll tweet it out as well at the damn implicat. Yeah, that's where you can follow me on Twitter. I'm currently twitching. My last stream was Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of Imp, Lord of the Imps stream as I um, slayed orcs on Twitch. That's what I'm doing currently. The game's on PlayStation Plus. Uh, so I'm streaming Mondays and Fridays if you want to join me on Twitch, uh, which will be The Implications with a, an additional S, though. The Implications. Uh, also, I'll plug Asher's Twitch at Wrestling Shorts. Uh, follow wrestling headlines like their new account at Russell Headlines that's Wrestle without an E on the end for that's their account anyway I'm going to sign off now I'm tangenting <laughs> drifting away yeah, what do you think of Raw what did you think of Survivor Series is it am I being grumpy is it perfectly fine is Survivor Series just like, you think, just like I'm thinking is Survivor Series just feeling a bit pointless this year and they've completely failed to sell me on the idea of the pay-per-view this year yeah comment below let me know and I'll be back on Thursday for the NXT review. That's the final thing got to remember to plug. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.